0: Welcome to the Intelligence Briefing, What's the Buzz, where leaders and hands-on experts in AI and automation share how they have turned hype into outcome. I'm your host, Andreas Welch, and if you would like to stay current on running AI in business, make sure to sign up for my newsletter at intelligence-briefing.com. Welcome to the Intelligence Briefing live, What's the Buzz, where leaders and hands-on experts share how they have turned hype into outcome. Today, we'll talk about intelligent automation and who better to talk about it than a real authority on this topic, Olivier Gomez. Hey Olivier, thanks
1: for joining. Hey, thanks for your time. Thanks Andres for uh, setting that up. Uh, hey,
0: why don't you tell um, our folks in the audience a little bit more about yourself, uh,
1: who sure. you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is uh, Olivier Gomez, uh, based in France, people call me OG. I've been in that uh, market for many, many years. Uh, what I do is help clients uh, automate using uh, a combination of technology and more importantly achieve results and outcome, right? So I typically look at the automation from a business angle, from a return investment standpoint, uh, rather than just looking at tools and technology.
0: That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's fantastic that you take this holistic view and especially take that business perspective. Um, I'm really into it. I think that's really key. A lot of times we just talk about tech and that just cuts it short. So for those of you um, who are just joining our stream, please drop a comment in the chat where you're joining us from. would really love to see um, how global our audience is today. So Olivier, what do you say? Should we play a little game to kick things off? Sure, let's do that. Perfect. So let's see. This game is called in your own words. So when I hit the buzzer, the wheels will start spinning. And when they stop, you'll see a sentence. I'd like you to answer with the first thing that comes to mind and why in your own words. So to make it a little more interesting, um, I'll only give you 60 seconds for your answer before you'll start hearing a countdown. Um, and so again, for those of you watching live, feel free to drop your answer in your why in the chat as well. So, Olivier, are you ready for what's the buzz?
1: Yes, I'm the person ready. Go ahead.
0: Perfect. So, let's see. If AI were a car, what would it be? 60 seconds on the clock.
1: Go. Whoa. Uh, if AI were a car, what would it be? Uh, that's an easy one. Um, I think it's an easy one. Uh, remember... Uh, long time ago tv show called night rider i don't know if mm-hmm. you guys remember that uh oh. and the car was called kit and at the time the car had uh, amazing capability it could drive could speak it could think right and uh i think this is the the perfect uh i think the perfect you know car because it can drive it can think now that we have tesla they can drive by themselves but uh just add a bit of ai a bit of brain and that would be kit right so hopefully in 5 10 20 years we're going to have a real kit out there i think that awesome. would be my my answer
0: yeah perfect hey well well within time as well um so let me let me ask you this then yeah you know, with with kit and and all the stunts and and, and things they were doing already in in the 80s right one thing is that it's taking what 30 40 years for for this to really materialize and, and for us to see these kinds of cars on the street or slowly getting on the street right now um, but I would say there's, there's also some kind of risk in, involved right when you do pull these stunts um, they don't work all the time um, and so I know you talk about risk a, a lot of the time in, in helping to de-risk the, the client so I'm curious can you talk a little bit more about what de-risking the client means to you
1: yes thanks this is a very important point I think it's becoming a, a key topic on the market and and, and, and this de-risking is actually a good news conversation for the client, right? So we talk about risk, people are concerned, you know, this is kind of a bad side of technology. On the contrary here, I think we are reaching a point where the, the industry is mature enough uh, so that we can start sharing the risk and de-risking the clients by having providers, software providers, service provider, starting to take a bit more risk and I think you know this is going to be uh, a much more balanced situation moving forward we see that already today in other industry where because we have done it before because we are starting to have a bunch of use cases because we start to understand how the technology works uh, we as service provider whether you push software you push services can start you know de-risking the client a bit so they don't have to basically you know Put a lot of money up front or commit to a large amount of monthly dollars and you know not really being sure of the result right so that's really all about that is the majority of the market is going to push a rebalancing of the risk between the provider and and the customer so
0: how how do you facilitate that um um and and, and help to, to rebalance that what's an active role that uh, that someone can can take in doing
1: this uh I think it's 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 really easy to uh, uh set up this type of uh uh um, let's say agreement right so all all we need to understand is the expected outcome, which is nowadays more and more obvious at the beginning uh when we were playing with technology when we were doing proof of concept we were just uh happy with it technology you know doing what it's supposed to do you know not full of bugs. Uh, really delivering, you know, the features that it was meant to deliver. I think now we are reaching a point where we start to understand clearly the expected business outcome. We can frame the business outcome. We can baseline, and then we can see how we are moving the needle on on that baseline. It is as simple as accepting that if you are not able as a provider to move that baseline for the client, then you know you are going to uh, share. Uh, let's say the, the lack of result. You are going to basically uh, take some of the risk yourself. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. That, that makes
0: sense. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I heard you say um, what what providers can can do. And if I put my old IT hat back on, in a good IT fashion, you know, I see many people think about sort of this build by partner kind of thing here again when it comes to AI and, and automation. Um, So where are you seeing that go, especially when there's more of a risk sharing model um,
1: that we're moving towards? Yes. So, I mean, there's been some study around that and typically the, I mean, given the situation, right? So we know that if you are going to do all the work in source, you're going to have a set of issues. Uh, Typically, you are struggling to identify and retain uh, 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 talent and retain uh, skills, right? In-house, uh, the market is is really difficult today. If you go all the way and you know only rely on a partner, you are going to lose control. You are potentially going to allow the partner to build some stickiness, uh, which is not what you want. So the typical model is a 50-50 model where you have the best of both worlds, where you can have in-house resources, so you keep control of your own destiny, but you also rely on uh, outside resources. They can bring the skill you don't have. They can bring the bandwidth you don't have, and they can bring the ex- the expertise that maybe you don't have yet. Right. So again, we, we are in a in a very complex, uh, uh, multi vendor, large ecosystem. Lots of tools, and I think it is important that uh, uh, we are able to come up with something that is simple and something that is balanced. So again. I see it as a you know fifty-fifty between in-house and 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 external help. I so I also believe that there is a need to manage the number of partner that you have. You don't want too many, so it's not too distributed. You want to have a bit of a consolidation point so that you don't have you know complexity to manage uh, uh, all those different moving parts.
0: Perfect. I think that that makes sense, right? Keep um, keep a good overview um, and, and and also. See what skills you have and you need in-house, and, and where you can augment that uh, with additional experts or I- additional help. Um, maybe going going a bit more in that direction. Right. Um, one hand, certainly you can build the bots yourself, or you can ask your um, your your service provider to 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 build bots and in AI and automation kind of things uh, for you. But I see there's also a, a trend more towards outcome-based um, contracts be- between customers and, and providers or you know maybe it goes even further what are you seeing there um where's where, where's it moving in terms of
1: commercials Where so where the market is moving uh this yes. is a very yeah this is a very uh very interesting point right so we've we've seen the market so first of all the nature of the market has evolved a lot uh, okay. uh a while back uh, all we were looking at when looking at automation and intelligent automation was to build some bots and it was all focused on building building and building i think the market has now evolved into a a, a a larger life cycle so the the full cycle now is more around help me understand my opportunity help me build a blueprint uh, of my uh, you know digital blueprint of my environment so i can discover uh, opportunity and manage and prioritize priority uh, uh, opportunity help me build and deploy and also, more importantly, help me uh, run and maintain uh, uh, my environment because we know that as you build a digital workforce and you start having a lot, a lot more digital workforce in your environment, uh, that digital workforce uh, requires a HR type of uh, department, which means you know running and maintaining those digital workers the same way you would have a need for HR and management to run uh uh you know uh, uh, a human operation team right so so first of all the nature is really changing and then uh uh, i would say uh we are going to uh reach a very similar uh situation as we had many many years ago when uh we decided to outsource a whole bunch of activity that uh you know was not core uh to our business so this is going to also be, you know, uh, a, a very critical time where on one side you have critical IP, critical piece of content, critical logic that is running your business, that is embedded in the technology that you want to manage, you want to go, you govern, you want this central point of control that remains in-house so you don't lose control. But at the same time, you will want to uh, uh, basically outtask and outsource some of the things that is not core cool to your business that you, know, you want someone else to uh, handle, typically what we call the automation operation, which is to run and maintain all those uh, robots that are out there. Uh, this is you know probably going to be a situation where we are going to see, uh, instead of outsourcing uh, you know and outtasking uh, human work, we are going to outsource and outtask, I, I think, butt works to a uh, partners.
0: I think uh, that's that's a really interesting perspective. And, and thanks thanks for sharing that with us here, because to me that that also shows how the the market is maturing, how uh, organizations are maturing. It it, it, it really shows that this this automation, whether it's RPA, whether it's uh, the the early stages of AI, and everything in in between, right? In intelligent automation. That is really maturing. It's it's coming out of these emerging tech departments that are doing some technology scouting and figuring out where can we use it and, and how can we use it. Especially when you talk about this this notion of, of governance and um, um, models between your internal teams and, and your service providers, it's really great to see that. I'm I'm personally really excited about this um, and you know where where this whole thing is is going and, and how it's shaped up over the last couple of years.
1: Um, yes, and, and if, I may, if I may add something here, again, the the level of complexity of that ecosystem is going to grow uh, exponentially. We are going to have a lot more, uh, uh, let's say, type of tools, you know, on top of RPA, on top of IDP, on top of chatbot, on top of AI algorithm. We're going to have a very large, very complex ecosystem of technology to manage that will become more and more critical uh, to the business model of pretty much uh, every industry out there. So we are going to need to get help from the outside, and you know we used to say a long time ago, uh, you know, back to this analogy, uh, uh, you know, about the the outsourcing. We we used to say your your mess for less. Uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm starting to hear your mess for more. Meaning, you know, it's going to be so difficult to manage that, so difficult to find the resources that will actually have the knowledge to manage all that, that we will be looking for partner that have the knowledge and the expertise to manage that because it's so critical, right? So again, expect this, this uh, you know, your, your mess or more type of situation to happen because it will be so critical that you will want someone that, that is really capable to handle all that for you.
0: And what what type of skills do you see on, on, on the internal side, right, that people should be building or, or need to build to have an effective conversation and effective uh, partnership with a provider?
1: Yes, I, th- I think th- this is probably the the biggest point here. I think more important than knowing the tools, uh, more important than understanding the technology, uh, I think a, understanding the business and the data uh, around the business is going to be uh, the key asset for the in-house team. Uh, you know, being able to gather, uh, collect, uh, uh, clean, and make the data liquid so you can use it is going to be an extremely important uh, skill that only the in-house people will be able to do because you need to understand the business and you need to be able to be close to you know the the action and the clients to understand that so for me uh, you can you can rely on an external partner to configure a very specific tool but you have to have control over your business you have to have control over your data you need to understand exactly you know how to utilize this data so you can pinpoint the opportunity and know where to apply the intelligent automation ecosystem.
0: Sounds great. Um, so let's let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I know you've been in in this space obviously for for quite some time, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen a thing or two. Right? You already speak from experience here. Um, but what would you say has been the most significant? evolution in this ai automation space in the last 5 years and where are you seeing things go in the next 5 what will be significant then
1: yes so uh what we've seen over the last 5 years is we went from I'm playing I'm playing with technology and happy if it works to I'm taking it very seriously and it's part of my core business strategy there's enough technology there's enough proof point there's enough use cases uh, for this uh, new market segment, because it's a new market segment, to be correctly utilized and to be correctly embedded in in the in the company strategy. If you don't do it, you will probably not survive. You know, in in the next five to ten years. So, so that's that is a given. What will happen moving forward is that again we are going to move away from this, um, you know technology centric type of conversation and we are going to move into a business centric type of conversation. Uh, we are going to see, you know, the very famous couple CIO, CFO, the, the dynamic between the two is going to evolve. We are going to see the CFO get, getting a, a lot more involved because it it is now a mature, a mature set of technology and we're expecting, you know, a decent return on those technology, on those investments. And we are going to see, you know, uh, a, a lot more interesting conversation that are business model related rather than just, you know, POC or new shiny object type of conversation, right? For sure. Perfect.
0: And so when you when you say it's a it's a um duo, right, between the the CIO, the, the CFO. Um what do you say that's that's the main center of, of gravity are are there others that 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 play uh in in that space as well that that, that have an interest uh, to see you know things become more efficient or cheaper or better um you know to 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 use the the, the broad cliche uh, terms that that we associate with this so
1: yeah who else so, we need around yes. the table so obviously everyone here you know is going to be uh you know deeply uh, involved uh, because they are going to benefit from uh, those technologies so if you are running an hr department if you are running a operation uh, obviously if you are running an i don't know finance department if you're in charge of supply chain you know uh if you are sales uh, uh, all of those departments are going to need to rely on those technology to be more efficient uh to improve not just by the way the cost structure but also everything else you know the the quality the speed uh the, so the the customer satisfaction even the the employee to improve you know retention because the attrition is is going through the roof right but still uh when we are going to need to uh, get the approval for a a large program the CFO will be the gatekeeper. And when we are going to go into a lot of technology conversation, typically the CIO, right, the technology is going to become a lot more platform type of technology. It's going to be a lot closer to the CIO. It's going to be a lot less, you know, point uh, technology that are deployed uh, outside uh, the the IT department. So for me, the CFO and the CIO will be the two gatekeeper of all those programs moving forward.
0: That's very very encouraging seeing how, how the two play together. And both from the platform but also the the business side to to align these outcomes and drive them so then let me maybe summarize real quick uh, the the three points that that we touched on um, one as a um, as a customer as a company, right don't assume all the risk yourself uh, w- when you work with a service provider look for for a balance um, of, of risk sharing here um, number two, if if you're building, buying, partnering right all, all of that can really take new forms and, and it, can become an equal partnership in in that sense um, and then the last one, what I heard you just say, on one hand, you know it's really just the beginning of of, of that journey. we've already come quite far over the last couple of years, but it will be a, a very strong partnership that you need within your business and especially between the IT and, and the finance function so I think uh, that's that's three excellent points that you made there so. Perfect. So, folks, we're getting close to the end of the show today. Um, Olivier, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your expertise. And for those of you on the live stream, uh, for being excited and, and learning with us here. So, see you next time for another round of the Intelligence Briefing Live. What's the buzz? Thank you so much for joining and learning with us. See you next time for another round of the Intelligence Briefing. What's the buzz?